This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 65, Finding Your Quest with Michelle Gifford. Welcome back, friends. This is Becky Proudfit, and with me is my friend, my co-host, the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> Thank you. Rebecca Higgins. <laughs> Hi. Only person on the planet that can get away with calling me Rebecca besides my mom. You but know that- Is that because we also share the name? Well, maybe. You probably are one of the only people who can get away with me calling me Rebecca. I don't call you Rebecca as much as you call me Rebecca. Well, maybe you should. Also, <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> it was, was that ding. your computer? It was a ding on my computer. Yeah. It's fine. Sorry about that. Guess what? We love not editing. Can I just make a can I just say something? Sure. Last couple of episodes, we haven't been sharing an iTunes review, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. I just want to say again and again and again how much that means to us that right. you guys are sharing the iTunes reviews. And equally like so much fun is when you share about us on Instagram and tag us, like in your stories. Thank you so much. It's really cool. People are actually doing stories and sharing their favorite takeaway from an episode. They tag us. We love resharing them. We sure do. We love all of it. And thank you so much. Also, not that you should be doing an iTunes review to get something because that's not why you do it. But we do randomly send fun things. Sure do. To iTunes reviews. Sure do. And we really love them. And they make me feel good. And I really like them. (laughs) So please do it. And truthfully, that's how it helps a podcast to grow. We've talked about that a lot. But really, that is kind of the currency of podcasting. So keep those reviews a coming. I am so excited about this particular conversation that we're about to share with you guys. We recorded together with Michelle Gifford, who really has found purpose and in her own quest and fulfillment and what she's done so much so that she's made it her mission to help other women find their quest. Yes. And she's really good at what she does. You may have totally been confused by the word quest. Like what the heck does a a quest quest even mean? That Mm -hmm. sounds crazy. Don't you worry. All your questions are going to be answered in this episode. And essentially what it's about is figuring out what you were put here to do over and over and over again and then getting after it and getting the heck after yeah. it. yeah and it doesn't have to look like a career let me just put that out there correct does not have to look like it doesn't career. have to look like anything right it's that's the that's the point it's yeah. creating your own space and finding fulfillment in the things that you do it's a very individual journey so let's not delay getting to that interview but first let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor We're going to share with you one of the best gift ideas we could ever recommend. It's the kind of gift that keeps on giving and giving. It's even possible that you may be ready to gift this to yourself if you don't already have it. We're talking about a seat in the BH classroom. Taking pictures and documenting life with the phone that's in our pocket has never been easier or more convenient. We know this. It's something that we just all do, but are you happy with the pictures you're taking Do you feel like those images are truly capturing life in a way that makes you feel like a documenting rock star? Are you doing something with those thousands of pictures on your phone? Yikes. As someone (laughs) who's really stepped up my documenting game in the past year, my pics are honestly better than they have ever been before. You know I love Becky because she's my friend, but I'm here to tell you that she has a knack for helping me and so many others with better picture taking. We invite you to join thousands of people who have gone through my online course. It's called Photo Tips and Workflow. Go to 
classroom.beckyhiggins.com where you can see the full curriculum, watch the video that gives you glimpses of the class, learn more about what to expect, and of course, buy a seat in the course. Back to my gift idea. If you're interested in gifting this to someone, simply email classroom at beckyhiggins.com and we're going to help you make that arrangement. Trust me, you will be a gifting genius with this fun gift idea. Oh, and guess what? During the holiday season, we're offering you 20% off with the code Becky20 at checkout. Can I just even tell you how much I love interviewing other podcasters? Yes, you can. It is seriously my favorite because the interviews and conversations go so smoothly. It's <laughs> awesome. So we want to introduce you today to Michelle Gifford, who is here with us, who Welcome, we love Michelle. so much. Hey, you guys. This is fun. This is so fun. It yeah. is really fun. I love taking advantage of small opportunities to be together and record podcasts when we can with these outstanding women and occasionally men uh, mm -hmm. who come on podcasts. So Michelle, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, this is so fun to be here. I don't usually get to interview people. I mean, I guess you're interviewing me because I have two <laughs> other fine. podcasts. It's fine. We're just but having a conversation. Usually, here. right, no interviews, but usually I am like across the screen talking to people, and this is so much better to be in person. So I do have two podcasts. Um, I co host a podcast, The Women with Fire, with Sarah Allred, and then I have a business podcast called The Michelle Gifford Podcast. And um, I teach women how to grow businesses online. And I am a mom to five kids, and I live in Southern California. A handsome husband. I don't know. I just love helping women build their business and follow their quests. Is that a segue? Is that good? I oh, love that, it. That was real <laughs> good. Almost like she knows what she's doing with podcasts. Well, before we totally segue, how long have you been doing each of those respective podcasts? Yeah, uh, the Women with Fire started three years ago, and um, and then that what we do with the Women with Fire is we interview women who feel called to do something awesome. And we really feel like God's calling women everywhere to stand up, right? And so we get to interview these women and sometimes men too. And we hear about their experience in building an influence, whether online or in their community and how that's going. And then we've noticed that there are some patterns and that's what the quest is all about. And then mm -hmm. I've been doing the Michelle Gifford podcast for um, a little under a year. Okay. And so once you got <laughs> podcasting going with Sarah and you got a sense of that flow and that rhythm, you're like, okay, so I have this other information and these additional insights that are very directly tied to business specifically. And so then is that when you decided, yeah, I'm going to just do a second podcast that's specifically geared to those who are wanting to build and grow their businesses? Or have you always known that you would do kind of a split podcasting life? Um, I have a split personality. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so it, it kind of has evolved. I think the Win with fire has evolved, you know, it used to, we used to have another name. We used to be a little bit different focused. And then, um, this last year I just started doing business. I, we are, Sarah and I are both business minded and mm -hmm. that's what we, we love helping women grow their business online because it's so great. I can be home with my five kids and I can be growing a business like that has never happened before that we get to have these options. And so now we get to teach other women how to do that. And they don't have to, you know, they don't have to go outside the home if they don't want to, and they can stay home and, and build their business and, and go on their quest. And, um, so we love teaching. I love teaching that on my podcast. I love that. I love that this is a season in history where we do see more of those opportunities. And Becky and I have talked about this before. We don't, we don't, um, 
think that every woman needs to be a gung-ho business, go get it girl, like girl boss, like, uh, like that's not everybody's purpose. But if you do feel that kindling, that flame, that little fire inside of you where you know you feel called to do something, then I love that there are people like you and Sarah and who are very business-minded, but also like nothing's more important than family. And so navigating your way through helping people or helping people to navigate their way through the juggle that is that, which every one of us sitting here understands that. It's a juggle. And I think that what I noticed with and why I guess I started my business podcast is because I was looking around and I was listening to other podcasts about business and these women were like, guess what? I just had a baby. And I was like, wait a minute. I've been growing a business for almost 13 years as old as my son is. And like, I think that, uh, I felt like there's, that was a unique perspective because all of these business gurus are awesome and they have so much to offer, but they maybe haven't experienced motherhood, you know, for very long. Yeah. And there's a whole different skill set of growing a business and being a mom. And it brings in a lot of different challenges. And like, I just recorded a podcast and, um, and it, my three-year-old was banging on the door during the podcast well, of course. <laughs> and she was. And so I left it in there and I was like, listen, you guys, like, this is actually what happens, yeah. you know, and, and it's okay. And it's okay. And I still am going to do it and I'm still going to produce it and I'm going to publish it because it doesn't have to be perfect. And my people get me right. And that's, yeah. that's how we are. Absolutely. I love how you say, um, part of the quest is really standing up that women are being called to stand up because I get concerned. We talk a lot about, you know, authenticity and finding your purpose and being vulnerable. And, and those are kind of buzzwords right now. And I think people are almost a little maybe turned off or they hear that and they don't even know what that actually means. And like Becky was saying, I don't ever want someone to feel like what we're saying is you find your purpose and create a platform and do what we've done because that's what you should do. Standing up in your life is not about following what someone else has done. It's about uniquely finding what your gifts are, what your purpose is, where you need to be, what you need to be doing and giving you tools to get there, whatever that looks like, right? So I'm really intrigued. I love that you call it a quest because that is such a a more action word to me than just like purpose, like your quest. It's, it's actively working to figure that out. So take us through that. What, what is our, what is a quest? All right. So we usually look at our life and we're like, what is your divine purpose? Right? We have this big, huge mountain that looks like we're never going to climb it because it's just too big. Right? Like I'm like, well, I'm trying to change diapers. Like I can't think about, I'm climbing the mountain of getting in the shower today. I know. So (laughs) it just feels really, really big and unmanageable. And so we realized as we were looking at, you know, we've interviewed so many people and we've looked in the scriptures in the Bible and we, um, even in movies and we noticed that there's a pattern to questing and that we feel like God gives us many missions, right? Many things that we're supposed to do that help us, we call them switchbacks, that help us get up the mountain. And it makes it so we're not like free soloing it, right? All the way like up yes. the mountain. <laughs> Good analogy. Yes, it yeah. is. And yeah. if she, you, you don't know what she's referencing that, is it on Netflix? Uh, free solo. If you yeah. have solo, free solo. Just, Oh. Listen to this podcast and then go go listen. watch free solo. But oh it's, a little, yeah, it's a little it's a little unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a but... little unnerving, but that is I like that. That's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so then we can 
because here's the reality. When you have babies at home, your quest, your switchback is going to be much different than when your kids are in high school or when they're out of the house. And so it makes it so you can say, okay, what am I called to right now? Not what is my whole life supposed to look like? Who am I supposed Mm. to become? You know, this huge thing. And I'm going to tell you a little quest I was called on when I, my kid, my um, oldest was in first grade. We just moved to California and, um, I realized that there was a bunch of kids in his class that weren't, they didn't know how to read and they were in first grade and they were just super behind. And his teacher, bless her, was at the end of her, um, I don't know, rope, rope. (laughs) She was just done. And I had little kids at home, like I had the other four at home and he was just in first grade. And I just was like, I got to help. I just felt called to do something. And I was like, you know what? I have 15 minutes in the morning before my husband goes to work. And I just said, Hey, can I come in for 15 minutes? And I come in and I help those kids learn their sight words every day. And for me, that was a quest and it, it, it was super small, you know, super, you know, but I see those kids, they're now in eighth grade and they see me and they're like, Oh, Miss Gifford, you know? And, and I just think that we were put in places and we have these opportunities to help and to serve and they don't have to be huge. They don't have to be public. They don't have to be on Instagram. They don't have to be a business, but we have to recognize them when they're there. And because that's, that's the point. That's the point of questing is like, you see a need, you put your talents toward it, and then it brings you up further up the mountain. I I love that you said that because as you, as you were noticing, as you were in that really heavy mom sphere, am I misunderstanding that you had a first grader and four small children at home? I had three. three Scarlet three. wasn't born yet. Yeah. Still. Yowzers. My youngest is in first. I could not even imagine. So you were really in the thick of it with like the raising of the kids. Um, I love that you said uh, that you found that and then you just went and did it, right? Like you didn't think because I think when we have these small quests, it's almost like you have to get get through small questing before mm-hmm. you're led to bigger questing and in that motion of looking for ways to use your talents to put your talents towards good the big things become more clear to you but it's not something that comes naturally like I don't know anybody in this world or like in any other influential sphere that I'm in my friends anybody that would say like oh yeah I knew what I was supposed to do and I went for it and it happened like no it's all these little quests and practicing going through the motion of practicing getting inspiration and having the courage to move forward and and that builds towards bigger things yeah we really believe like so if you if let's go back to the mountain analogy with the quest is if you're climbing up climbing up like we want to be more godlike right we want to be better we want to be um, we just want to be our best selves. And so with these mini quests, then we're slowly going closer to that, right? If mm-hmm. that's our big goal. And so, and like what you said with quests is like you, when you start small, you realize, um, you start to trust yourself a lot more, right? You, you Ooh, realize that. how inspiration comes. You realize when it's a yes and when it's a no, but usually you have to go through those things to mm-hmm. like to really understand them because you're kind of learning another language a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, and one of the things that we like to say a lot is, is because it's a truth, which is consistency breeds momentum. If this is something that we're wanting to be really in tune with and this whole like figuring out having a more clear vision of what my purpose is, what my quest is and understanding how to kind of pay attention to when those feelings and those promptings happen, let alone following through with them. I think the practicing and the momentum that happens is because we're putting those received impressions 
into action. That is the practice. And so the more that we do that with the little things, the more I think we're going to recognize better when it happens on a slightly bigger scale and maybe a little bigger scale until all of a sudden it becomes a part of who you are. And so then you can't not have that in your life. Am I making sense? Did you, you are follow me? Sense. Okay. No, I do know yeah, what you're saying. It is practice. It's about practicing. It's very, very real. I just yeah. don't think that I'm articulating it yeah. quite as well as I want to. It becomes muscle memory though, right? Like when you start, you know, moving towards and you say like this thing becomes such a part of your life. I truly believe that all these different quests, big, small, and all the ones in between are already a part of us, right? And so it's really discovering and being able to show up for yourself in the world, right? When you talked about like the, the pinnacle of that mountain for us, because we're women of faith is, is alignment with God because that brings us peace and happiness. So the pinnacle of your mountain might be something totally different, but it's going to be rooted in wholeheartedness and openness in, in love and in in peace because showing up for yourself in your life brings you those things. Yeah, absolutely. So with your, your own personal experience and what, um, you've done personally and with Sarah on your podcast and through all of your work, you've talked with a lot of people and you've experienced, um, not just on your own, but through a lot of people, what those commonalities seem to be. So what have you seen in your experience that are patterns that people who are successfully finding and identifying and living their quest, what do they have in common? Yeah. It, the interesting part is I think, I think I'm going to say some things and I want your, you listeners, I want you to know, like, think about this. Like, have you felt this? Because we we found that when people are called to their quest, you know, when they're feeling that like stirring that you get that that's actually how it feels. It just feels like something that you can't get off your mind, right? You can't stop thinking about it and it keeps you up at night. Like usually you have no energy and then you're laying in bed and you have all of these ideas come to you and they're rushing towards you. Right. And, or maybe you just like people around you keep talking about it Hmm. and you're like, what is happening? People keep (laughs) talking to me about how the kids need help at the school or, or about this business idea, you know, and then you're like, Oh my gosh, it keeps coming to me. And the next thing that is a commonality is that it, um, uh, what I always say is that you have everything you need to start. Okay. You're going to look at this quest, whatever you're being called to, and it's bigger than you. And that's the point because it's supposed to make you into something better. Totally. But if you're being called, that is your sign that you have everything you need that to take ready, the next step. Right? Mm-hmm. That makes so mm-hmm. much sense. Beck, do you remember when um, when David prematurely told you about the podcast idea? Yes. You know where I'm going with this. I, I do remember when, I mean, before I even brought it up with you, it was keeping me up at night. But when yeah. I, especially when I brought it up with you, yeah, weren't we, both of us, in fact, all four of us, losing sleep? We were up yeah, we really were. every night mm-hmm. thinking about it. Like I couldn't even sleep thinking because it was consuming me in a way that was, it was purely a calling. Like I knew that it was something that Becky and I were being called to do. And so that's an example from our own personal lives that we happen to have in common, um, of that, of what you're trying to help illustrate, which is when you feel like you can't even shake it, you can't even get it out of your head. And even if you want to, cause I'll be honest, (laughs) this didn't happen with the podcast, but I have really been felt inspired to do things that I desperately did not want to do good point that I didn't want to be part of and that I tried to bury like the writing the book is one of those things I didn't like set out to write a book I like buried it deep because every time I thought about it that feeling of stirring made me super uncomfortable because it was like oh wait I should be doing this and I'm not and so I buried it 
very, very deep, like a lot of times until finally it came to the surface and I was like, ah, okay, fine. So you're like, saying, I couldn't avoid it anymore. Just, so, just for people who haven't heard you talk about this before, so they have um, some context, you're saying that when you started feeling those nudges and those thoughts about writing a book, you were actually pushing that away because it's yeah. not what you thought you wanted to even be doing. I had content in my head for years, years before I ever wrote it down. Like I created content every day mm-hmm. before I ever started actually creating content. Because it would go in my head and I would think, oh, I'll do that. No, maybe I don't want to do that. And I would talk myself into it and then I'd be like, meh, but what if it opens me up to like ridicule? And I would just push it down. (laughs) It always does. (laughs) Totally, totally does. What is our friend Macy always says, the closer you are to your purpose, you're going to attract people to you more effectively and you're going to repel people away from you as well. Macy. I love you for those words. Oh, for That's sure. That's a really She's good awesome. way to put it. But it's true, right? Yeah. And and I the, the way I always say is it like bubbles to the surface. Like it creeps back in. Mm. Like you can push it down and then it creeps back in. And you push it down and it creeps back in. So have you found then, Michelle, with people that you've um, discussed this with, that this is very common where it happens similar to that, where they can't shake it and it's just bubbling to the surface and... Is and that, they just have to say yes, because it's, yeah, it's almost yeah. too annoying not to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I, we see that a lot with, um, with all of these, cause there's a lot, I, again, talking about the time in which we live. I mean, if you look around at who the influencers are, they're all women, right? And if you talk to them, most of them had no idea that this is where they would be, right? right? Like have oh all of gosh, these people. Oh my gosh, that is so true. I mean, even the three of us, did you see it? Cause I didn't see it coming. No, right? no. Michelle and I, a few years ago, were pa- living parallel lives in Glendale, we didn't know. making girls' dresses for not Etsy. together. Not together, but that would have been better. Separately. Dang it. Did we miss a calling? Uh, no. Were we requesting effectively? <laughs> that door is closed. Both of us have closed that door for I've firmly. thrown the fabric away. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> the listener is probably like, wait, what are you talking about? So Glendale, Arizona, you both geographically lived in that same town, literally yep. at the same time, did not yep. know each other until this year, honestly. No. And and what were you doing with girls' dresses? You we, both- we both had Etsy shops, Etsy.com. Come on. Anyway. Yeah. That's kind of how my business thing started a little bit. And so, but we didn't know each other, but it's it's okay. I'm sure your dresses were beautiful, Michelle. I know you too. (laughs) Well, in times and seasons, you know, speaking of quests, I think that that is a, a season and a chapter that both of you individually needed to hit on before you moved to the next thing, which then led to the next thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So like with, so I started, I tried cake decorating and that was like a definite no, right? And then I moved on to Etsy and that got me into photography, which led to like a photography nonprofit, which led to like me teaching photographers business, you know? And so it just really like went from quest to quest. And even like with my nonprofit, um, it was for photography. And for two weeks I sat like bugged because God just kept telling me, you need to do something more with your photography. And I was Mm. like, what does that mean? I had four (laughs) kids. I just moved to California. I was like, what in the world? And finally I was like, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) But you got to give me a little more details. And so like I prayed and I woke up the next morning. I was like, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. And I started the nonprofit and it was great. And it served its purpose, right? It was five years and and then we can move on. But, um, but I think, but you get better at questing the more you say yes. And, and it's hard because 
I, you don't feel qualified and you don't know the end. And that would be great. Like, it would be so great if you were like, Hey, you need to start this podcast. Right. And then you're like, and this is going to do this for this many people. That would be a beautiful thing, but it's not how it works. And so you have to have faith in the process and there, and questing's hard. Ah, right. it is. Questing's hard. And, but it the is. thing is, the thing about it is, is I've realized in my own questing is that trust is one of the biggest, hugest things and trust in myself and trust in God. Because when I feel something that is so undeniable that I am supposed to do, and it could be something big like starting a podcast, or it could be something really small about just that nudge to reach out to that one person in that right moment. And I have learned to just trust that if I have, if that feeling and that thought has come into my mind to not push it away and trust me, I do plenty of pushing, right? I think we all do like, we're we're like, oh no, that was just a nice thought or, oh no, that's not really what it is. And, and I think that sometimes it's so, it's not just important and healthy, but it's crucial that we do say more yeses so that we can have those experiences and open those doors. And Becky just, you know, she's been in the year of yes, and it's kind of winding down that season, but maybe speak to that on, in terms of what kind of doors and windows open when you head into a season of saying yes more. Well, I can trace it back. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, my husband and I lived with our kids in Phoenix, so the town next to where we live now, and we really started feeling pulled to move our children's school, and I wasn't sure why, and I didn't know why, and so I pushed, and I pushed it off, and I kind of half-heartedly like, tried to make it happen, um, and then it kept bubbling and bubbling, and we really started feeling like we needed to move to Peoria, but we really didn't have any good reason to move to Peoria. We loved our neighborhood. We loved our house. Um, we even really liked our kids' school, and we just kept feeling like, no, this is where we need to be. So we pack up, move the 10 miles or whatever to Peoria. We build a house there, and our kids get enrolled in the school we felt like they should be at. Um, and we really didn't know why, right? Like, we, we didn't know why. We didn't probably know why for another year or two. Um, ends up where my house is. I met Becky. Um, our kids go to school together. And started a friendship with Becky, and we're in the same, you know, same neighborhood area. And that led to my kids having this great experience at school. I was able to accomplish a lot of fundraising things for the school, which was really fun um, when I said yes to that, when it felt in my heart like a solid no, because I didn't want to, but (laughs) did it and gave it my all and was able to accomplish some pretty remarkable things um, and develop this friendship with Becky and we have this wonderful circle of friends. Then I get cancer, but it, it wasn't as bad because I had all these people. Like I had put myself and, and allowed myself to be guided towards the place where my family would be cared for. And our family was totally cared for. And then you can just see step by step, which led to that experience leading to the podcast, leading to returning to the world of speaking, which I had kind of stepped away from. And, and to be honest, like both Becky and I are sitting in a place now where we don't even know, you know, things we're working on now where any of it's going, but it's okay because I have the muscle memory to know, like Mm -hmm. I trust myself and I trust that whatever happens is what is supposed to happen. It puts you in a, a really empowered place in life to let go and to not need to have the certainty. We recorded the episode about vulnerability. Brene Brown talks about one of the um, one of the characteristics of a wholehearted person is they don't have the need for certainty. And when you think about that in regards to a quest, 
letting go of the need to know where everything's going and what, what, where it's all going to end up. Right. Well, and on that note, um, and thanks for sharing that Becky, cause that helps to really illustrate part of your quest or some of your quests. Um, but going back to the people that you've interviewed and the experiences that you've had, not only have you seen commonalities and themes that are kind of, you know, repetitive themes, but you've also seen probably a lot of roadblocks, right, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Like what, what are some of those main roadblocks that you see that people have that keep them from really diving into their quest? I think one of the big ones is the one you already kind of talked about is that you want to see the end from the beginning and you can't like you just can't know and and you also have to believe um back to what you're saying is that you need to believe that there's more that there's better right that that this is going to work out better than you imagined mm-hmm. um so I think the biggest the biddle, biggest battles you'll ever face are in your own mind yep hands down yep you get in your own way um because that voice comes in and says, you can't do that. You don't go to the teacher. She'll think you're dumb. Like, like yeah. right. Like don't, don't take that step or you're not qualified. You're not a teacher. I'm you're not, not a qualified. Teacher. Like what? But I've been what? reading for a really long time. You, you're a great reader. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, but that's, that's exactly it. Like there are roadblocks and, and mostly it's just us. Like mostly we get in our own way and we are afraid of disappointment. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid of people talking badly about you. And guess what? You're going to fail and your people are going to say bad things about you. So those things are going to happen almost no matter what, but you have to, you have to believe in something bigger than that. Like that your purpose is what you're doing is going to make a difference bigger than someone's criticism and bigger than your fears. And so those are the biggest, because we usually go into a quest, not knowing how, like, how am I going to teach people to read? How am I going to start a podcast? I've never done a podcast before. Like, how am I going to do that? And instead we need to think of like, what is our next step and who can I have help me? Right. There's so many people along the way that can, that can help you. But, um, usually, usually the universe is waiting for you to just say yes. Mm. And then those doors open and you'll find people and, and you'll be helped along your way. Involving other people is a really important component to this. And I want to talk about that for a second because you're mentioning it and it's in passing um, a little bit with all of these other things that you're sprinkling in, which is, I feel like everyone who's listening is going to individually feel their little nuggets that they're pulling for them. But speaking of involving people, to help you along the way. I think that, um, I, I heard Rachel Nielsen and Mika Perry recently did a workshop that I attended called declutter your motherhood. And one thing that they emphasize is that when you really identify something that you know is something you're supposed to do, whether it's in your motherhood, in your entire life, um, they were encouraging us to, instead of asking permission to ask for support, and so you present that to your spouse, to your children, to your family, to your best friend, to your whomever that, you know, their opinion matters to you, you know, and you present it to them in a way of this is in the context of what we're talking about. This is my quest. This is what I feel called to do. This is how I would ask you to support me. This is what I need from you. I love mm-hmm. you so much. And this is how I need you to support me. And I think that there is, um, such great, beautiful value to, um, articulating that. And I don't think that most of us are very good at that. If Becky came to me as a friend and said, Hey Beck, I am going to write a book and it's my thing. I don't need you to do anything, but as a friend, if you could once in a while, just check in with me, 
that's how you can support me. Or it could be, do you mind if once of every once in a while I read you a, an excerpt or a chapter mm. or something just for feedback? That would be Becky as a friend articulating to me, her friend, this is what I need from you. I'm asking for your support. Why is it that we struggle so much asking other people for support and our quests? Um, I think there's, it's more than one fold, but one of it is that we don't want to say it out loud. Why? I think that we have a really hard time. Ha- First of all, if I say out loud that I'm going to write a book, I'm not, but pretend I'm <laughs> she's saying out loud. She's not, she's the world <laughs> not right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not today. I haven't been called. So, but like, if, because that is a scary thing, right? And I'm saying out loud, I am going to do this. I feel like I'm needed to do this. And we feel kind of dumb. Like, I think sometimes it's like, well, what if we fail? Um, it also is like, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to think that I'm better than that? Mm -hmm. They think that I think I'm better than they are because they're not writing a book or they're not starting a business because there's so much comparison. And I, this actually happened to me, um, because I go to play group, right? We go to play group and park day or whatever. And I, here I am, like, I have this podcast, I'm interviewing like all of these amazing women and I came to park day and I would not talk about it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, because I felt like they couldn't, they could, couldn't possibly understand, right? Like what yeah. I was doing and, and how could they support that when it was so different from what everyone else was doing? Hmm. And I, then I realized that I didn't, I mean, I had friends, right? But they, I didn't have friends, you know, friends mm. who got me and who were cheering me on. And so I just kind of made a decision. I was like, you know what? They, I care about what they're doing. I care about their, you know, yeah. in the community. And so I talk about it and I have, because I would talk about what I was doing and I admitted, cause here's the thing. Another motherhood problem is that I, ooh, there's this thing that if I do anything besides motherhood, then right. I'm suddenly a bad mom. Or I'm not, I'm not focusing enough on my being a mom if I'm doing something else and there's guilt, there's judgment there. And so there's perceived judgment. Exactly. I just got to point that out, right? Like we get it in our heads. We start telling ourselves these stories about what other people think, which gets us in a weird place. Right. And then, and then you, and then you build the walls, right? And then you don't really have friends to support you. And in, but what you're saying is, Hey, what if we just took a step back and like admitted to ourselves that we're doing this, we're writing a book, we're starting a business, we're going to go serve in the school, whatever it is. And then you need to look at your, look at your needs. And this is a thing women don't do a great job at either. I love us. (laughs) Truth. Right? (laughs) No, really. But we have to figure out like, what do we need and how could my friends support me? And be able to articulate that. And I think that's a tough thing. It is tough. One of the things um, I, I feel I like am picturing the listener out there. One of our dear friends out there listening. Knowing that she has something she's feeling nudged to do. And wants to do. Um, or maybe she's even started. And has been met with resistance from the people that are close to her. Um, I want to say to that person. That there is Um, an aspect of questing of going after what you feel called to do that if you come upon someone in your relationships or you meet somebody or however you come across them and they are feeling called to do something and are not doing it your quest might irritate the fact that they're not doing it and so if you are coming upon that resistance keep that in mind that generally when people have a lot of like opinions about what you're doing I find it's because they're really squashing what they're supposed to be doing and it just irritates and reminds them. So it gives me to have that perspective, gives me grace when people 
maybe are judging me, whether I'm perceiving it or not, or I am getting negative feedback or whatever it is. When I try to have the grace to think like, they're probably reacting that way because they're feeling called to do something. And this isn't really judgment. It's more discomfort of that's going on inside of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to be really safeguard who you're sharing this because this is kind of a sacred thing, right? Because you're taking yourself who you are right now and becoming something else. And so you have to, you have to be careful on who you're including in your support group. Cause there are like, there are certain friends of mine that I know no matter what have my back. And those are the ones that you want, right? The ones that you can say, Hey, just check up on me and make sure I'm writing my book or whatever. But you don't have to share this with the world. You don't have to, if you don't want to, you know, share it with the people who are safe and who, who know and see more in you and who can believe that you're actually going to do it. Especially because if you want to press forward, then you're going to need to feel that support. You will receive the opposition. You will receive the foot, the pushback. And so if you have that system in place of the, even if it's the one person, yeah. right, it could mm-hmm. be your spouse or your best friend, your mom, you know, somebody who is just the one person, if you don't have that in place, you are way less likely to press forward in a way yeah. that you initially felt called to do that. Um, okay. So as we, as we kind of tie a pretty bow on the conversation, what do you think are the most important takeaways that you would share with somebody who is wanting to not just identify what their quest might be, because maybe some people don't know, but also carry it out and like take a step this week. What might that look like for somebody who wants to do all of that pretty soon? Yeah. So with me, as you, as we kind of talked about my journey or whatever, um, you, I tried out a lot of things like, so what, let me like rewind to very young Michelle. I was, um, I moved to Arizona and my husband, I just graduated from college. My husband started medical school and, and I was six months pregnant. And I was going nuts. Like I'm not Mm. someone who sits still. And I just knew there was something like, I wasn't going to go lay at the pool all day. Like I just, it's, I couldn't do it. So, um, I was like, what do I need to do? And I had this lady in, um, my husband, one of my husband's like neighbors growing up, she made cakes and I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn cakes. I'm going to see if that's what I want to do. And I learned cakes. I did it for uh, six months and I just didn't like it. Like it didn't fit my lifestyle. And then I moved on to the next, which I was like, oh, I'm good at sewing. I know I can sew. And I put on like some cute little girl hats and they sold in 24 hours. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I guess what I'm, why I'm telling you this is you might not know what your quest is right this minute. May, there are going to be some who like, when I was like, you're feeling called to do this, you're feeling, and you, and it like was like, yeah that's me. I know what, I know what I'm being called to do. And then there's other people who just know that they need to do something more. And I want you to try stuff out because your quest usually like lights you up. Like it's so gets you on fire. It's something you could talk about. You could lose sleep about, you could talk about all the time. And so go towards that. That to me is one of God's signs that I am going in the right direction because he gives me energy. I get energy inspiration and I get motivation and I am excited and things happen and doors open. And so my best advice is to take a step, take a step towards where you think you're supposed to go. And maybe a door will close like my cakes did totally fine. But now I make a mean birthday cake for my 10 year old, right? There you go. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. It's not lost, but take a step in that direction. Um, also you can also find someone who's doing what you feel like you feel called to do. There's seven elements of a quest. We, you know, we didn't get into all of them, but one of them is to find a guide, find someone who's doing what you want to do and can help you along the way. And so those, 
I really just take the first step. Like that's what I want you to do today is to take the first step. And that first step could be researching what you need to podcast. Like what actual equipment do I need? Um, it could be making a list of topics for the podcast. It could be so many different things, whatever your quest is. It could be talking to a teacher and saying, Hey, I want to come. Um, what does this look like? Could I come for 15 minutes? Whatever, but take a step into the direction that you feel called to go and you'll see the right doors opening. I will add that one example of taking a step is opening your mouth. Mm, And so since we shared the podcast example, when I was doing, and it was bubbling to the surface that I was supposed to do a podcast. And then like right after that, I knew it's supposed to be Becky Proudfit, but it was like stirring in my, I couldn't even bring it up with David. Cause I'm like, hold on, wait, this doesn't make sense. Becky's a friend. She's just well, a friend. And to be honest, like a pretty new friend. Very, yeah, a very new friend. And like, <laughs> she didn't know I had media background. Like she no, knew very little. About I knew me. <laughs> nothing about what she'd even bring to the table in terms of that professional setting. Nothing. And so I didn't even mention it to my own husband. And I stewed on it. I prayed about it, but I was just stewing on it. I was like, wait, I don't know. But then why can't I get this out of my head? Thought out of my head. Um, and as soon as I mentioned, as soon as I opened my mouth and mm-hmm. actually said, "Babe, this is so weird." But I just keep feeling like if I'm going to do a podcast, it's supposed to be Becky Proudfit. As soon as I opened my mouth, the door opened because now I had my main support Mm. going, that's brilliant. And I'm like, wait, what? Why? Why? Tell me why it's brilliant. (laughs) Why do you feel that way too? Why am I feeling this way? And then... Well, I think we all know why it was brilliant. I mean, (laughs) obviously. For sake. (laughs) You guys. And then everyone lives happily ever after because my husband and Becky bond over licorice. It's fine. It's true. It's true. No, but like that was my first step. Mm -hmm. My first step was was opening my mouth. And Mm, sometimes the first step doesn't have to be this big thing and doesn't have to be a scary thing go to your safe place right i love that that's the advice that you're leaving with our listener is that she really should understand that taking the first step doesn't have to be scary and that if she just does it you know we all know the saying that god has a hard time driving a parked car Mm -hmm. if we're just sitting there and not taking any action whatsoever then what what are we saying to him oh sorry i'm closed not willing (laughs) not available it just reminds Not me gonna of do it. one of my favorite takeaways from Education Week, which we talked about this year. And I don't even know who said it, and it doesn't matter because it's awesome. Is It says, <laughs> God cares a lot less about our abilities. He cares more about our availability. Yes. Mm. And that is the truth. When you make yourself available, you're able to start moving forward mm-hmm. in your life. And now I have to plug all the things Michelle does because we kind of like <laughs> wetted your palate a little bit, but there are, there are the seven, um, seven steps with questing and on her podcast, women with fire once a month. That's right. You do the questing episode, um, once a week. Oh, Ooh. are they all questing? They're all quests. Um, no, we do uh, an interview and a questing episode during the week. Okay. So, so go two. check that out. Listen. You're going to get so much more information. Listen to the other podcast if you're feeling any kind of businessy type feelings like Michelle and I were, which is the Michelle Gifford podcast. You can follow her on social media at Michelle Gifford. Basically, you need to know Michelle Flippin Gifford. <laughs> Find her. And she also does business coaching, like she was saying, helping women um, on a more one-on-one level if that is something you feel like you're needing, if you need that guide, like she was saying, to help you through this process. And Michelle, just before we go out, was there anything else that you wanted to make sure that our listener hears from you before we wrap up today? Um, I do it. I want you to just step into your quest because here's the thing. It seems hard and it seems like it's going to like add something to your plate, but it also brings you tremendous satisfaction, peace, excitement, 
all of these things. And also you're going to meet some pretty amazing people along the way. Yeah. And I think that's, sure. and I think that's a huge part of it, right? If I mm. wouldn't have done any of my podcasts, I wouldn't be in this room right now talking, you know, and I think, and God can put, can do a lot with you if you say yes. Mm. I, I love, love that. Thank you. Stitch that on a pillow. Right? <laughs> Tell my Pete. grandma. Say. <laughs> we need that. Michelle, thank you so much. Friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. Act on your quest. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. This is cultivated, dang. cultivated good life. It's the name of the podcast. Oh, good thing I didn't know.